This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by UBCP ACTRA, a.k.a. the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists, the national organization of professional performers working in the English language recorded media in Canada. For more information about UBCP ACTRA, visit ubcpactra.ca. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart of the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work, capital T, capital W. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart of the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work, capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Ronnie Firminger, and today, well, today I am fucking thrilled, fucking thrilled, You'll see why I swear when I tell you what the show is. I am thrilled to welcome Kaylani Rose to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. So, swearing. Have you watched Shorzy yet? If you haven't, go and watch it right now. You need this in your life. There are only six episodes clocking in at 23 or so minutes each. Go! Go now! I'll wait! You're back! I was right, wasn't I? You really needed it. For those of you who don't do everything the podcaster says when she's trying to do a very sad bit, Shorzy is a spinoff of Jared Kiso and Jacob Tierney's beloved comedy series, Letterkenny, where Letterkenny follows the shenanigans of Wayne and his friends in the titular rural town. Shorzy follows the foul-mouthed, chirp-serving, mother-loving fan-favorite character from Letterkenny named Shorzy as he joins the Sudbury Bulldogs of the Northern Ontario Senior Hockey Organization, a.k.a. The No-Show, on a quest to never lose again. Shorzy is audacious. It's surreal. It's fucking hilarious. And they they swear so much. Don't play a, the, a drinking game trying to drink whenever they say the word fuck. You will be drunk in the first five minutes. Shorzy has got a huge heart. It's daring. It's also intersectional in a way that feels authentic and unifying and exciting. Indigenous characters are at center ice. We meet and root for characters from Ontario and Quebec and Newfoundland. The women are the decision makers. If there are any stereotypes or caricatures to be found, they're about the hockey players. But even then, they're presented with love and self-deprecation. Speaking of hockey, you don't actually need to know a thing about hockey to appreciate Shorzy. If anything, Shorzy is a story about community and courage. But with pratfalls and absurdity and brilliant writing and acting and a parrot who can only say the words titfucker. 
Kehlani plays Miguan, protege to the GM of the Sudbury Bulldogs hockey team. She shines as Mig, which is no surprise given her own versatility and rapidly growing resume. Kehlani is an actor, filmmaker, DJ, and classically and culturally trained dancer. She made her film debut starring in and choreographing Within the Silence, which was written and directed by Jade Taylor and won Festival de Cannes Awards for Best Fantasy and Best Choreography in 2021. We'll soon see her on the highly anticipated series SkyMed, as well as in Breathe, a film from friend of the pod, Cody Kearsley. Kehlani is the founder and executive director of Two Rivers and a Rose Filmworks, her production company dedicated to amplifying messages of equity, diversity, and reconciliation. And we are going to talk today about what those words actually mean. Mm-hmm. Today also, we will get to know this impressive performer and storyteller and find out where she's going to take us next. Kehlani Rose, welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Aloha. Thank you so much for having me. How do you describe yourself? I mean, you've heard my description of you. Whoa. <laughs> Well, they came across like really antagonistic and like, how do you do this? But, but I mean, there's your your resume for one so young is so long and there's so much there. So who are you and how do you describe yourself? Wow. Thank you so much. No, that was a really beautiful introduction. And I just feel my heart feels it right now. Yay. <laughs> I am an artist. I am a sister. I am many, many things. And I'm still discovering what all of those things mean. So I would say, yeah, on the path to exploration with all of that. And it's really beautiful. I feel like the past four or five years of my life have been very much dedicated to a reclamation of my indigenous identity. Mm. And that's kind of shifted a lot of how I perceive myself, how I perceive the world, and just my greater understanding of, of this existence. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep flowing with it. But right now, um, dancing, acting, music, all the sacred arts um, are ceremony for me. And I think that being raised in those values um, from my single mama really Ooh, single mama. Respect on single moms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We put yeah. respect on her. What's her name? Nani. Okay, Nani. We're putting respect on Nani's name. <laughs> <laughs> when Lilo and Stitch came out, me and my sisters went to the movie theater and we lost it because the big sister's name is Nani. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so you're you're lots of things. And we're gonna talk about one aspect right now, which is Shorzy which is me. So tell me about what you knew about Jared and Jacob's work going into this, you know, even even before you stepped foot on on the set of Shorzy. Like, what, what did you know about them? What did you know about Letterkenny? Woo! I had had a little taste of Letterkenny, and uh, <laughs> you can see that I'm speechless right now. You're She's speechless. You're watching me look yeah. for the words. <laughs> It's so enjoyable. Yeah. It's so enjoyable. And it's, I'm super grateful for it because it brings so much levity. Mm. Uh, A lot of the work that I had been exposed to and a lot of just the self-development that I've been going through has been a little bit heavy. And so to have this outlet 
with Jared and Jacob and the whole cast and crew that really just brought so much laughter and so much joy yeah. <laughs> in the whole process. I am grateful for it. You know, it's amazing, though, because, yes, Letterkenny and Shorzy, like, it makes you feel, it makes you feel good to to watch it, you know? And so in that way, there is, like, levity. But there's also, there's something so important, capital I, important, you know, about the the stories they tell and the way they tell it and who they they bring on to tell those stories you know like what did the producers do to ensure that they got indigenous representation right you know what do you think and what can other productions learn from it ooh that's such a big question i can ask smaller questions no 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 let's <laughs> let's dive we're diving we're doing the deep dive <laughs> i i feel like in the grand timeline of everything, we're really just beginning to step into it. Mm. It's nice to see folks and productions, individuals, companies making moves towards inclusion, making moves towards proper representation. And there's just so much that we have to learn about it still Mm. because it's super complex. There's so much trauma attached to it and the healing journey isn't linear. Mm. So I think it's just, I think it's really important that we applaud any of these, um, any of these, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't for? know. I don't, I feel like we're playing straight on a sudden. These efforts, <laughs> these endeavors. Efforts. Okay, good. these efforts. Woo! Thank you. Our team won. <laughs> <laughs> any of these efforts. Uh, so yeah, we had, we had, I would love to give a shout out to Dio, Auntie Dio. Yes. Oh, you said auntie? Yes. (laughs) She was our designated auntie on set. She was hired by production as a consulting producer to oversee all of the indigenous cast and the indigenous content and make sure that our voices and our stories were, um, felt comfortable and respected in in a good way. Can I just interject? So to fans of Letterkenny, I mean, you're, you're talking about Tannis, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) So it was really nice to be welcomed in in that way. She was one of the first people who reached out to me after I had found out I booked the role. Wow. Yeah. And she just said, hey, just so you know, I'm here for you. Congrats. You killed it. Can't wait to have you in the fam. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, I had just finished watching Reservation Dogs and I was such a fan and I was just like having a moment. But yeah. So, you know, lots to still discover as we navigate these times. But, you know, it's good to be part of the part of the work and see people stepping up to the work. It's interesting because when I first got a look at the material, all that we got to see was the like three or four pages of the first scene where you get to meet Megan Zieg. (laughs) You don't really get a scope of how of how well they really delve into that sort of representation and, and, and the female voices. So as soon as they sent us all six episodes, you're reading through it and you're you're kind of seeing, wow, they really did a wonderful job of layering in so much decolonization. So feeling this sense of decolonization in terms of representation, I, I'm, I'm at the intersections of representing female bodies. I'm at the intersections of representing indigenous bodies and a mixed identity indigenous person. So I, it's nice to be able to talk with community about these things and share ideas about what decolonization means and share questions about what decolonization means. And I think what we see when we talk about that, one of the things, because it's such a big word when you're talking about defining these words that we throw around, um, 
it's just deconstructing a system that has been built and that has existed for a really long time mm. based around based around colonialism based around oppression based around genocide based around patriarchy based around capitalism capitalism right yeah and so how do all of these come into play and how in our work as artists and as storytellers and as creators are we contributing to breaking down these systems unlearning and relearning and bringing to the table like we said more equity more diversity and more reconciliation Can we talk about, let's talk about me then. Um, what this, what, what were the joys that you got out of playing this character, you know, in particular, especially because so you've all watched the show because I told you to. But one of the, the most joyful things is that we get to see, you know, the two sisters, Meg and Zeke, you know, on either side of their boss, you know, um, being compared and contrasted by the by the men in the room and and shining in different ways is that a fair non-spoiler way to to say it for sure yeah so what were some of the joys that you had in in playing this particular character oh out the gate it's funny because if we're looking at you know society conditioning i was never a little kid who was really strong in my voice Mm. or standing up for myself i i feel like if I'm honest, I was probably scared of my own voice for a little while until I started really understanding who I was and having more pride and more dignity in my identity. And it was really, really amazing. I'm super grateful to to Meg and having the chance to play her because it was just such a good exercise in mm-hmm. standing up for myself and not taking shit and just like speaking my mind and, you know, just coming head to head with these really assertive energies so that was so 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 beneficial for me i mean and on the flip side you see kind of in the in within the the trio dynamic of nat megan zeke she is a little bit more of the softer one mm-hmm. which kind of also is reflective of of me as a human and it's so amazing how you look at the entire cast really and and they just casted that to a t like it's incredible everyone just fit in their character like it was like their favorite sweater it yeah. was super cool <laughs> but, um, yeah I mean it's nice because I also get to play around with this dynamic with Sanguinette who mm-hmm. is played by Harlan we call him Harlow and it, he's just it's such a sweetie I mean we had some great times offset as well exploring Sudbury <laughs> I don't know how to make that sound sweeter than it is. Sorry, Sudbury. <laughs> just, just say it. Just, you just gotta say it. Just, hey, it's a hotbed for filming, though, right? Like there are a lot of productions that go to Sudbury now. I'm learning about yeah. this. Yeah, new. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so you, so you guys got to work on that, like build that relationship a bit off camera and build a friendship yeah. uh, off camera. Oh, mm-hmm. actually, I do know how to romance that. I do absolutely know how to romance okay, that. Okay. I will. I would love to give um, a land acknowledgement to Sudbury. The territory is the Atikamekshing Anishinaabek Nation. So we were in partnership with those lands and those peoples when we were working on the show. There you go. Mm -hmm. You did it. Okay. Tell me about you and hockey. Yeah, I didn't really grow up around hockey culture. Uh, I grew up in the dance studio. Mm. I was like the ballerina going going like, go sports. Yeah. Kick the... Thing, do the run, 
like that's me in sports. <laughs> that's me too. It's like looking in a mirror a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but it was awesome because the boys just, you know, were so sweet, so down to earth and like brothers at yeah. the end of the day. So it's kind of a, the best way to be introduced to a sport like that. I think I had to get on the ice a total of two times. But not with skates but on. But not with skates yeah. on. <laughs> okay. Um, and I would... The only other thing I could say that's a close connection to hockey for me is having DJed some of the Canucks games over oh, at Rogers Arena. Okay. Um, so music kind of... You're basically a hockey player. I mean, basically. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You're part of the team. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Season two, don't give any spoils away. <laughs> um, what were... What, when you look back at filming, like what are some of your favorite moments, you know, that come to mind from the experience of filming? There's quite a few. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm sorry, Fish, but every time we had to do the scene where we walked down the hall and at the beginning of the scene, Shorzy has to pants Fish. It was just take <laughs> after take after take of poor Fish getting pantsed. And I was like, yeah. That's why you guys did it so much. Yeah. yeah right? uh, there's another funny one where Nat and Miguan are talking about the caribou. We're at the, mm. like a barbecue. I, had, I shouldn't give too many spoilers away, but we're, we're having this. Everybody moment. watched it when I told them. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we're having this moment. And after, after they yelled cut, Jacob was like, OK, now tighter. And both of us come from a dance background. So we were standing pretty much shoulder <laughs> to shoulder already. But simultaneously, we both like stepped in towards each other and like conked shoulders. <laughs> and then everyone in the room burst out laughing because they're watching the monitors. And, and then Jacob was like, um, no, like the the dialogue tighter. <laughs> so there's, I don't know, there's some good bloopers for oh, sure that, that we had. That's terrific. What what have you enjoyed hearing from? I mean, so, I mean, you, you filmed it a while ago and now it's been out there, you know, the last few weeks. What have you been hearing from viewers, you know, what, what, especially indigenous viewers, you know, like what, what's some of the feedback that is, has really touched your heart or surprised you? Ooh, this is lovely. I actually got a message from an old friend of mine in my hometown that <laughs> was like a congratulatory message. And it was bittersweet because she said, you know, hey, congratulations on the show. I had no clue what you've been up to, but that's amazing. You know, my my dad just called me and he said you were amazing in it and everyone did a great job. And he she was she was like, yeah, he's just been he just kind of went off about it. He loved it so much. And the crazy thing is, like, we don't talk very much. Mm. So it kind of was a moment in. In really seeing how the gift in bringing people together Art does that. Hockey think, does that, dance does that, yeah. right? It's building community. Yeah, so that was a special one. Yeah. Just like hopefully offering these moments of reconnection or any moment of connection for the audience and their the people in their lives. What do you think you're going to take from the experience of of being part of Shorzy into other aspects of of your life? Mm. I'm like sitting with that for a minute. Yeah. I'm wholesomely inspired by the fight for the underdog. Mm. I'm wholesomely inspired by watching community come together in such a beautiful way. The idea that I could 
contribute to more of that, whether it be within my own production company, whether it be with collaborations with dear friends. That is something that I want to carry forward, that energy of collaboration and inclusion. Do we know if there's going to be a season two? Do we know anything about this? I don't have an official word yet. Oh, okay. But hopes are high. I feel like the reviews have been coming in strong and the ratings have been coming in strong. So it's please, please, promising. please, 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 Hulu. <laughs> please, 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 please. We want more. Mm-hmm. We want more. Okay. I want to go back in time then. I'm going to do a little bit more time travel about your first for- foray. Why can't I say that? I've said that like 224 times. Your first foray into the film and television industry. Yeah, kind of. What was your first time on set? What do you remember about it? What mistakes did you make? Bring us back there. Do you hear? Remember I told you the the, the trucks were absolutely going to start the, the minute I hit record. And then there they are. <laughs> on schedule. Like clockwork. <laughs> One of the first mistakes that I made was not knowing that you keep going until the director says cut. <laughs> oh, you just you just stopped. Yeah, yeah. I, I stopped. It was one of the it was a dancing role. I think I was doing a music video or something, and I had done a move that I felt good about, and I was like, "Cool, I'm done. That was it. I'm good." And they're like, um, "We didn't yell cut. Like you gotta keep." And I was like, "Oh, but oh, okay." <laughs> what else can I tell you about my green moments? I've had too many green moments. Oh boy, probably I've probably clocked the camera dead in the face too many times. That's yeah. probably a good one too. I learned you try really hard not to do not that. to look right at the camera. Yeah. But that's always good for an editing. They can add one of those like record scratch freeze frames. You're probably wondering how I ended up in this situation. <laughs> I'm not an actor, but I would assume that that's what everyone wants. Want it? You know, when you started on your path. In, in the film and television industry in front of the camera. What kind of career did you want back then? And what do you want now? Like, is there any change? Originally, I thought I was going to go on tour with Beyonce. That was the vision. Yeah. So a lot has changed since then. Because now I'd like to do a movie with Beyonce. Yes. <laughs> Love that she's part of so many people's dreams who come on this, come on this podcast. Oh, you know what man. I find amazing too is is are the the number of people who are now growing up with women like Beyonce to look to. You know, especially multidisciplinary, you know, artists who who are in such control. You know, um, even if they don't, all, they're not always all the time personally, but like, you know, they have such a clear artistic vision mm-hmm. and they look after their collaborators so well. You know, I, I, I have a lot of risk. Like, t- tell me why you love Beyonce. Oh, boy. <laughs> tell me about your love for Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> you can go on all day, sis. <laughs> She's just such a triple threat. Yeah. I love I love her music. I love watching her do the biopics that she's done. I love. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to tell my own story. I'm going to be my own archivist. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to document myself. Like I like she famously doesn't do interviews. And if she does, does like she's interviewing herself. Right. I love that. I think that's great. I respect that. Overall boss. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's fantastic. But yeah, what else can I tell you about the, the shift in the vision? I mean, more seriously, I feel like I, again, back to like the discovery of my voice Mm. through a time in my life when I really needed 
a safe outlet. Dance was there for me since the beginning. It yeah. was my understanding of how to express anything that felt good or that felt bad and how to know myself. And then when acting fell into my lap by accident, I I kind of woke up to this whole other realm of how I can express and use my voice and what my voice even sounds like. And I think that journey just keeps evolving for me. Yeah. It Over the pandemic, I started writing and that mm. was from the encouragement of a good friend of mine and mentor, Aaron Hazelhurst. Mm. And I started producing my own stuff, which was again, through the encouragement of another dear friend of mine, Prince Board. And uh, I just keep, getting surprised by what lies beyond hmm. so hopefully it can just keep evolving into a place where it's you know beyond what my imagination can conceive yeah tell me more about your voice and your storyteller's voice what what are the what is a, a kailani rose story what what is what matters to you you know what are some of the ideas and themes that you're exploring in your work mm. A big one right now is I come from Clately Tanay. I come from the people where the two rivers flow together. Mm. That's my First Nations roots in so-called Prince George, BC. So-called. So-called in so-called Canada. We call it Turtle Island, so if I refer to that later, you'll Absolutely. know what that is. Uh, that convergence in where I come from, I think, filters through into lots of other aspects of my life. It, it not only reflects my intersectionality of my indigeneity and also my Irish settler and Chinese immigrant roots, but it also represents the intersectionality, I think, in my artistry, multi-hyphenate, and the goals that I have for how to evolve within that and what more could be given through those gifts. Yeah. As hopefully like a leader or a change maker or a healer. And the story art can sorry to interrupt, but art does all of that, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Art really does all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's super powerful and it's super neat to recognize that in our indigenous roots, in our indigenous culture, it's it, all of those things, the arts, the culture, the art, the music, the dance, the chant, it's recognized as sacred ceremony. And so to really carry that energy forward when I do my work is super powerful. I feel like I have a thousand ancestors at my back. Mm. I'm sorry, I'm repping the Section 35 gear yeah. right now, and that's one of the <laughs> slogans on it. You can look to the YVR Screen Scene Instagram feed where there will be a photo <laughs> of Kaylani in her shirt that she is repping today. Shout out Section yeah. 35, go cop some gear. They're an Indigenous-owned business, and Section 35, if you didn't know, is a section included in the new version of the Constitution. Don't quote me on the year that it was amended. It was 1980. It was in the 1980s. Mm -hmm. And it's the first time the Canadian Constitution recognized Indigenous people have rights. <sighs> and we had to fight for that to be included in the Constitution. So back to your question about storytelling and what stories are important to me. It's, it's exploring our indigenous stories in a way of, of complexity, in a way of truth, in a way of contemporary times. You know, you look at reservation dogs and it's just so, so nice to see us not inside a box, not inside like a time constrained part of history. We exist so flowingly today in lots of different ways. And I think that's the mission. 
is to perpetuate more of that, more truth within that, so that there's less appropriation and more appreciation. Ooh, that should be on a t-shirt. <laughs> Section 35 Club, let's go. <laughs> Um, yeah, and that's that's the game right now. That's the the mission for that's sure. That's the mission. Well, then let's talk about the mission of Two Rivers, Two Rivers and a Rose mm. Filmworks, your production company dedicated to amplifying messages of equity, diversity, and rec- I love that I'm telling you about your company. Your company You're is dedicated, everyone. yeah, yeah, <laughs> dedicated to amplifying messages of equity, diversity, and reconciliation. So, can we talk about what what do we mean? When, when we're talking about, you know, equity, mm. diversity, and reconciliation, specifically in this film and television industry in which we work. Mm. It's interesting because I feel like each time I get asked a question sort of surrounding this topic, I try to find a new way mm. to answer it for myself. And the thing that's coming up right now is being seen. Hmm. being seen. Um, I think that it's important to recognize the difference between equity and equality. Hmm. By definition, it's a pretty big difference. Equality is giving the same opportunity to everyone. And equity is when you recognize certain people have less privilege. And so in order to give them the same opportunity, you have to give them an extra hand up or recognize what effects that the difference in privilege has so that you can help with healing or whatever it may be. And so it's really just, it takes like the blanket statement off of everything Hmm. and individualizes it and makes it more intimate with, with that relationship, whatever it may be that you're talking about the equity for. That's one of the things to think about. And within diversity i mean i think what i like to think about when i look at that word is not only who is telling who is who who do you first of all first of all who do you see in these stories Mm. when i was growing up as a kid i didn't see myself I didn't I didn't know I could even play in this playground because I was like, oh, that playground's for those people. I don't really play in there. I don't I can't. And then to now realize, holy shit, like I can play in this playground and like I can do so many things in this playground. And um, I think that diversity, being able to see that and being able to recognize when you like even trace it back further, like, okay, in front of the camera, who are you seeing? Mm behind the camera who is included in that crew in the process of the creation who is at the writer's table who is at the producer's table giving the green light and how it all trickles down that type of diversity I think like in a whole is important for us to look at that I'm trying to like wrap my brain around and see like how can I jellyfish out of my head to think even bigger and like how we can accomplish this when we think about reconciliation i can't i can't begin to claim to have a definition that would be encompassing enough it's it's a word about healing mm-hmm. it's a word about relationship and i think if we start there at least we can look at how we can as a community indigenous non-indigenous 
Turtle Island as a whole, humanity as a whole. How are we reconciling? How are we healing together? How are we building stronger relationships with each other? How are we building stronger relationships with the land that we're on? The more and more connected that I get to my indigenous community, I have been having so many beautiful moments of reminders of that. Hmm. I was just in my homelands in Hawaii and two of my friends took me to this beautiful, beautiful waterfall. And it's literally in their backyards. They've lived there their whole lives. And first thing we did when we got there was give an ulu breadfruit offering to the land. Mm. We placed it on a rock beside the waterfall, just in thanks for this beauty, this magnificence. And it was so cool to see that idea and that relationship so prominent in their minds in that way of gratitude and reciprocity when it's something that's literally at their fingertips. And I hope that, you know, I don't know, just carrying that forward in life and sharing that story and things like, I'm getting all emo now, but I'm not trying to dismiss it, I guess. Just, um, yeah, an understanding that's going to bring us towards more unity. Mm. I want to sit with that for a minute. Mm -hmm. Thank you for asking me that. That was a really nice exploration to have with you. Well, maybe my next question then is is connected to this possibly mm -hmm. because I see joy as a form of resistance. What role does joy play in your work? What role does joy play in your craft? And how has it changed as you have been finding your voice and using your voice in new ways? Hmm. It's funny because I feel like listening to you say that, that resonates a lot, first mm -hmm. of all. And automatically my brain and my body wants to like equivalate. Is that a word? Equivalate? It is now. It's a word now. We're doing it. That's our word. <laughs> word of the day, y'all. <laughs> equivalate. <laughs> I don't think it is, but... <laughs> y'all know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah, joy seems to equate bravery. Mm. Or that's probably the right word. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Jo joy does equate bravery. Yeah. And it's cool, actually, because I was learning about the definition of courage. Hmm. And it comes from a lat Latin word, cor, which is heart. I probably didn't say it with the right accent. but um, You're fine. And I think the original uh, definition when they were breaking that down was like sharing a heart story. Wow. Isn't that cool? Wow. I am that. I am the mind blown emoji right now. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because what is braver than that? Right? It's like splaying your heart open and showing who you are. Mm -hmm. And then once you do do that, I feel like in that state of vulnerability, it just, it does, it feels joyful. Yeah. It feels so joyful. Yeah. It's been wonderful um, to see indigenous joy on screen in shows like Shorzy and you talked about reservation dogs and then there's rutherford falls like there are a lot of examples which which make me 
which make me excited and then also just angry also about all of the the years, the decades, the cent- I guess film film industry hasn't been around for centuries, but you know, <laughs> the entertainment industry, you know, um just not bothering to show authentic representation, not bothering to have indigenous people, you know, at all the different levels of production. How would you describe this particular moment? Like, are you personally seeing more joy on screen? I mean, you mentioned Reservation Dogs. Um, I see your own experience with Shorzy. Like, you know, are the things that you're seeing in the film and television industry suggest that real long-term, meaningful change is afoot? Absolutely. I feel like that. Yeah. I feel like that for sure. The SkyMed experience that I got to have was probably one of my favorite last year. Yeah. I And that was in Winnipeg, right? That was filming yeah. in Winnipeg, yes. We had we've had Pranit Akila on the podcast a few times. Oh my Yeah. So yes. and so uh, for listeners, Pranit is uh one of the leads on that. So we'll Pranit will be coming back to talk about that. But I know he had a wonderful time on that show. Yeah, they do a wonderful job of representation and talking about big topics like racism in the healthcare system and the character that I got to play goes on quite a journey. And one of the things I was most grateful for was learning a, a learning a language. I got wow. to work with a Cree language keeper, Nehia, and um, speak that and, and bring that to life on screen, which is one of the things that I'm really excited to do for my own languages, Kwaitli yeah. and, and Hawaiian. So it's just been, yeah, it's been really cool to see it all come full circle in that way, like you were saying. How would you describe this particular moment for you? You know, like Shorzy has has just come out. You know, um, you have all these other other projects that are about to drop. I'm sure that there's stuff that you're working on that you can't even talk about. You know, what what uh, you mentioned during the pandemic. You've also you've become a writer as well. What is this moment like for you? How would how do you describe it? It's funny because I was. I was doing some writing and I was in Hawaii and I was talking to a friend and kind of explaining what what was going on with me. And it was a lot. It feels like a tornado right now in a way. Yeah. Sometimes in a good way and sometimes in a bad way. Um, But just like tumultuous, turbulent change. Turbulent, turbulent change for sure. And I've been crying a lot. Hmm. I've been crying a lot and... um, Got, got my first sunburn in a long time. Like, oh, ow. Yeah, my, my, like layers of me literally coming off. Oh. Yeah. And um, it was funny because when I was talking to my friend, I was like, oh my God, like, he's like, why are you crying so much? I was like, well, I'm growing. Hmm. And then I was like, it feels like, you know, it feels like, it feels like I'm a butterfly, but like right before it's a butterfly. Hmm. And so still in the goo. Still in the goo and like yeah. that discomfort of like before the before the transformation and before the metamorphosis um, or as it's happening even, you know, there's like that period of discomfort and then everything becomes, and not everything always, but the period of discomfort before the blessing of the beauty. That's where I feel like I'm in, if I'm being super honest. I can tell you're a writer. Look <laughs> at you with all these words. And I don't mean equivalent. I mean 
<laughs> That's my favorite one for the day. That's the best one. <laughs> Putting that in. Okay, so as far as as acting goes, what is a Kehlani Rose role? Like, what needs to be present in a character to get you really excited? Ooh. Uh, first thing that comes to mind is like the fight. Mm. I love a character that's fighting for something that she she believes in. Yeah, with her entire being. I just got to read a really beautiful script and send in an audition tape yesterday. Prayers oh. up, prayers up. We're crossing every limb for you. <laughs> I won't give too much of it away, but I, you know the 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 feeling of. protecting your loved ones the feeling of fighting for lens that you love the feeling for seeing change all these themes really speak to me i also like try not to take myself too seriously (laughs) (laughs) so any character that's a hot mess that's like so beautifully flawed um is is fun to play too god there's beauty and flaws right Mm -hmm. you know like that's because well, nobody beyond, besides Beyonce is perfect. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. What's a what's a type of role that you haven't played yet that you yearn to play? Ooh, mm. like an action <laughs> badass. I could see that. Why haven't you done that yet? That's totally you. It's <laughs> totally you. I'm ready to manifest that one. <laughs> what what about? type of role that you won't do anymore or that you won't even read anymore is has there been anything like that that you might have said to your your team to be like don't don't even send that to me anymore i i just don't want to two things come to mind so the first couple of roles that i got it's funny if you look on my imdb page i'm sure they're still there it was like hot girl number one Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. babe number one frisky young woman number one like, you can see where this is going, right? Yeah, and I remember yeah. the third time it happened, I said to my sister, I was like, God damn it. Like, really? She's like, super encouraging. She's like, it's okay, buddy. Next time you'll be brains number one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pre- I'm, I I don't so much enjoy being objectified. Um, <laughs> Sorry, but your sister, I just pictured your sister being, being Zeke uh, and... Okay, I'm fine. I'm <laughs> fine. having a moment over there. <laughs> I'm having a moment. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, so that's that would be that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, Actually, shout out to my little sister in real life. Her name is Kealoha, and she's a singer-songwriter. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nani raised very artistic women. <laughs> she sure did. She sure did. Okay, you have answered... So many questions. I don't even know. Like you're, you're gonna come back, right? Come I back, would. and you'll you'll talk about all more stuff as you go along because we love to follow careers here. I would love to. Okay, so let's end with some. Let's end with some more time travel. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find the day that I want to go back to. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can tell from this room. I'm I'm a nerd, so it's, I have to be very specific. And in, in <laughs> I would have been brains number one. Okay, if you <laughs> could go back in time to the day on that music video set where you did the good move and then you just stopped (laughs) because you were so good. What 
And you could give yourself on that day some advice that would serve you well as you proceed through this crazy industry in the years ahead. What advice would you give yourself? Or would you not say anything at all? That's an option, too. Mm, Good option. Yeah. Got to remember that's always an option. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would just tell little me. Like, you got this. It's already, it's already in you. Yeah. One of the things that I keep coming up to right now in my stepping into my identity in this new way, my getting to know myself in this new way, is a little bit of imposter syndrome Hmm. due to colonization and it's it's it comes out in self-doubt in weird ways and i think when i do come home to that knowing which my big cousin joshua seymour shout out josh love you reminded me of one time when we were talking about this was it's not out there that you have to find it's not out there that you have to cultivate or learn or anything like that it's already within you you Mm. just have to tap into it and that brings a lot of solace that's beautiful. I think as well about the the little little versions of you. They 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 but not you, but young young women, young indigenous girls who are watching your work, you know, and seeing the characters that you're playing and feeling seen, you know, and the kind of and being seen and the kind of seeds, you know, that that it plants and that will grow from that. That's it's remarkable. Thank you. Well, thank you for being here. Okay. You, you know, it's cool like to 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 see the shift and be part of the shift and as Clayley Tanay, as Kanaka Maoli, as a sister and an artist like that's the goal. Yeah. Transmute the effects of colonization, of genocide, of all this trauma into healing for our next generation so that they can, they can stand tall and so that they can be strong in who they are. I love that. I love that. All right, you're going to come back and tell us more about your journey and we'll make up some more great words together. <laughs> okay, Kehlani Rose, where can our fans find you, follow you, celebrate you on all the socials? Are you on the socials? I'm on the socials. Okay. Come find me. Let's be friends. <laughs> I'm at Kehlani Elizabeth Rose on Instagram. I could spell that for you guys if you want. It's K-E-I-L-A-N-I, Elizabeth with a Z or a mm. Z, depending on what you want to call it. Rose, all one word. <laughs> and then I also have a DJ page on Instagram. It's DJ Kehlani Rose. Yeah. Mixcloud is up and running. I got to put some new some new mixtapes on there for you guys. And then those are the kind of my main ones. Twitch, I got on Twitch during the pandemic for a little bit of live streaming for music. Yep, so I'm gonna have to get back to that now that uh, some acting contracts are giving me some more time to do music. So yeah, that's mainly it. Don't try to find me on, uh, what's it called? Twitter? Yeah, I don't know how to use it. What about TikTok? (laughs) You seem like you'd be perfect for TikTok. That's actually a goal this year to learn. I'm an 11 year old and she's like an expert. Maybe I, I could connect you. <laughs> please, yes, I need a tutor. Yeah, I'm personally not allowed. She's like, that's not a place for you, mommy. Oh, bless. Yeah. 
I have a page. Yeah. I just don't have any TikToks up yet. Okay. You're gonna, we're going to get you some ticks and, and talks. And I love it. Quivalate. All right. And you can find Shorzy in Canada on Crave and in America, I guess, on Hulu. And then... I don't know, around the world, whoever else you find content from uh, from over here. We know we don't say we condone it, but we support it. We absolutely <laughs> support people seeing this show. Okay, thank you. Thank you, listeners. Please like, subscribe, leave us a review if you are so inclined. They help us find even more listeners, and we can keep having conversations like the one we had today. Find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at yvrscreenscene and or at Sabrina Arf. Sabrina Arf is kind of where it's at. And the Why We Are Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Ronnie Mara Furminger, and it's edited by Simon Furminger. Special thanks to Mariana Furminger. We're a family company. I don't know if you knew this. I love it. <laughs> Mariana oh, Furminger. Oh, yeah, she, she recorded our Patreon ad. Paul Furminger gave us technical support, and Dane, not Furminger, Devlet, did our original music. Why We Are Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut. Hey, filmmakers. Did you know that you can hire top quality, experienced, and professional actors for your films? If you're producing a student film for course credits, working on a web series, a short or a feature film, you can afford to have some of the best talent in the business in your production. How, you ask? Well, UBCP Actor has an ultra-low budget program, which offers a range of options that cover everything from student films to productions with a $300,000 budget. There is a ULB program that will meet your needs, regardless of your budget. To learn more, visit ubcpactor.ca and look for ultra-low budget programs or Email ulbprogram at ubcpactra.ca. Now is the time to jumpstart your dream for the screen.